Hey, it's Lacey Broussard, and this is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. From sex and motherhood, birth and relationships, communication and intimacy building, and Taoism and Tantra, we explore topics such as self-care, self-pleasure, body image, jadex, the feminine cycles, creativity in business, and modern spirituality. The Multi-Orgasmic Mama is a place to come for true stories and transformational advice on how to be a mama and a multi-orgasmic woman too. Hey, mamas, welcome to the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast with Lacey Broussard. So today I wanted to share with you 12 ways to rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood. Because this is such a taboo topic, it is time to change that narrative so that it's no longer taboo. And for the past year, I've been ruminating over a blueprint and a map to do that. And today I'm going to share with you the 12 things that we can do as a collective as mothers in general to rewrite this narrative. So the first is no more competition, find true sisterhood. So to rewrite a narrative as big as this one, you need reflection that you're still going to be loved, you're still gonna belong, and you're still gonna be safe when you claim your sexual wholeness and your vitality, and you claim your awesomeness as a mom too. So find like-minded women to reflect back to you that you're still a part, that you can still be a part of tribe, that you're still going to uh, be an amazing mom if you claim your sexuality. So one way that you can do this is to find a community to become a part of who's like-minded that can support you in this transformation of reclaiming your sexual self, of reclaiming who you are as a woman while still being a mother too. So maybe it's a Facebook group that you join. Maybe it's just uh, subscribing to the podcast or other podcasts that are on related topics and really soaking in the knowledge. And maybe it's uh, opting into an email tribe that I have or someone else's that does similar work. Whatever you need to do, find community to be a part of in the direction of your desires to reclaim your sexuality for yourself while still being an amazing mama and doing all the amazing mama things. So the second way to rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood is to create a container of accountability and predictability to share stories and reflect and hold space for other women. So you can do this by joining a women's circle, either uh, in your local community or online, and having something that you can stick to that you can count on and that there are other women present that can keep you accountable to your desires because we so often quit desiring when we become moms so much of the time it's often about how to keep this baby alive but when the kids get older it becomes a little less of that and then we lose touch with desire and then it's like really hard to connect back with so finding a group of women uh, who can keep you accountable to your desires is super super important for being able to claim them in the first place. And the third one is when your needs are met first, you can help others meet theirs. So mothering from lack and a cup half empty leads to burnout, overwhelm, and sickness. You all know this, you have to put yourself first. If you are not getting the proper nutrition and rest, if you're not taking care of the basics, uh, it's gonna be really, really hard to help others 
take care of the basics, especially your kids. So understand that your needs, your needs have to be met first before you can really mother from a place of abundance and overflow. And your kids can feel this. Your kids want you to mother from abundance and overflow. So if that means that you have to take some time to yourself, if that means you have to go feed yourself before you feed them because your blood sugar is really low and you're going to pass out if you have to spend another 30 minutes cooking dinner for everybody. Hello, that happens to me all the freaking time. I totally understand. Go eat. <laughs> go eat without them and then make dinner, okay? Take care of you first and then you'll be able to take care of them better too. Okay, so the fourth is to work on sex and money. So realize just how little you were taught about either of these and make an intention to educate yourself a step further than you already are. So I want you to think about how much education you got on sexuality. If you were lucky, you got taught how to not get STDs and you taught and you got taught how to not get pregnant. Uh, but what what did we actually learn about the act of sex itself? What did we actually learn about what could be possible during sex? Um, did we learn that it could bring us closer to our true self? Did we learn that it could bring us closer to God? Did it learn that it could bring us to enlightenment? Probably not. Because most of um, the education that we got was very scientifically based. But sexuality is so, so much more comprehensive than a biologically based thing. It's the biggest area of our lives it rules the planet if we didn't have sex we wouldn't procreate so it's pretty important that uh, we discuss our sexuality that we learn about it it is the biggest driving force of the planet so why is it that we don't talk about it why is it that we don't spend much time uh, thinking about what it could be for us so a lot of the times a limiting belief around sexuality is just not knowing what's even possible so i want you to explore what's possible in sexuality uh, maybe it's reading a book so a few books that i would suggest to start with are come as you are by emily nagowski uh, vagina by naomi wolf pussy by regina thomasauer and Wild Feminine by Tammy Lynn Kent. Those are four amazing books that talk about sexuality and that really talk about um, the the things that you don't get talk that you don't get told in sex ed about sexuality. So, what's possible? How your body actually works as a woman? How sexuality is mostly uh, when we're talking about the science of sexuality? How the science of the male orgasm and male sexuality has been transposed onto women's and how that does not work. So we've been learning recently that uh, women's sexuality is a totally different bag that, you know, using the male model to talk about the female model doesn't work. It's extremely limiting to a woman's sexuality and her sexual potential, and especially her multi-orgasmic potential. So really learning about sex, uh, educating yourself. And I say money, and I throw that in there too, because they are extremely related. How much did you actually learn about money growing up? Probably not a lot. So uh, one book that I would highly recommend to learn about money and creating a different story around money is Kate Northup's Money, A Love Story. Love that one, super awesome book. Okay, so the fifth 
way that we can rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood is to redefine what a successful relationship really means. So the age of contractual relationships is over. Okay, what do I mean by a contractual relationship? Contractual relationships were a patriarchal construct where women, they, they couldn't work, so they were therefore dependent on a man's on a man's ability to uh, provide for her. So do women need men to provide for us anymore? No, we are totally free to have jobs and to work. And uh, that's no longer relevant in this day and age, yet we have still not uh, created a new model of relationship that is any more evolved than this one. We're starting to, we're starting to uh, within the last few years, but it's still relatively new. So the age of contractual relationships is over. It's not about you being with him because you have to survive anymore. No, screw that. You can go get a job. You can be single. You can take care of kids and be single and have a job these days. Uh, not saying it's easy, but you can. Uh, so what's after that? What is, what is a relationship if it's not for need? It's for want. <laughs> so why do we get into relationships? What's the purpose of relationships? Well, there's a few really great books out there. There's a few really amazing therapists um, and psychotherapists that are talking about relationships in a way uh, that is new uh, on the whole. So a lot of couples counseling is really outdated too. It's a lot of talk therapy and I'm not a huge fan of it at all. Uh, but there are some really amazing resources on relationships. So uh, really redefining what a successful relationship means these days isn't about how long, the, whether or not the relationship lasts or how long it lasts. So we used to define the success of a relationship based on whether or not we stayed together. Well, as you can see, that's usually not so much the case anymore. Uh, People get divorced all the time. They get married all the time and they get divorced all the time, sometimes multiple times. So does that mean that because you got divorced, the relationship wasn't successful? I don't think so. I think that we need to redefine what it actually means to have a successful relationship. And I think a huge part of it is based on what is the intention for the relationship? You know, is it to grow together? Is it to experience uh, oneness and to have a spiritual connection uh, to solve our childhood wounds? Like those are intentions for relationships that are really, really empowering to have. So really thinking about what's my intention for being in this relationship? Maybe we should actually talk about that. That's a really great place to start. And one book that I'd highly suggest reading on relationships is called Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks. It's an amazing book that really lays out a bunch of practices on, uh, that really lets us know and understand what a relationship can look like if it's not based on this contractual you know, idea of what a successful relationship is. So yes, yes to intentional relationships. Okay. So the next way to rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood is to up-level how you love, relate, and communicate in partnership. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we need to learn how to hold space for each other and communicate more deeply. Flat out, 
learn how to hold space and communicate. <laughs> and this is, these are two things that most of us have no idea how to do. I think we're learning it a little more. So what does holding space for each other mean? Well, it means being able to allow someone to be in their experience and not feel like you need to fix them or reply or give them advice or uh, try and make it better. So being able to hold space is just allowing someone to, to process their shit, to say what they need to say, to let an emotion move through them, to get it off their back and not take it personally. <laughs> just to be a person there holding space with your loving presence. And I cannot express to you the value of being able to do that in partnership. So when you're constantly trying to fix, when you're constantly arguing and taking it personally and getting in these, you know, fighting cycles all the time, this is unhealthy. This is, <laughs> this is no way to love, relate, and communicate with someone that you're going to be with for God knows how long. This is not sustainable, okay? So learning how to hold space and communicate deeply and intimately is now required these days if you really want a lasting relationship that's actually satisfying. So you can have the relation, you can have the lasting relationship, but how satisfying is it actually going to be if you spend all of it fighting and arguing and not able to really communicate your true desires, your true fears, and the things that you really love about the other person? So one thing that you can do to update how you love, relate, and communicate with each other by learning how to hold space is to download my free audio. I have a free audio on my website at lacybroussard.com, and it's called uh, The Fears, Loves, and Desires Practice. It's a 15-minute guided audio that you do with your partner, and it teaches you how to hold space for one another. And it's a really amazing transformative practice. It's one of my, it is the most amazing communication building practices that I've ever come across and all of my Tantra and relationship training courses that I've done. So give it a try. All right. So the seventh way to, to rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood is to learn how to ask for what you want. <laughs> so as women, this is often a really difficult thing. So uh, one of the biggest uh, problems that women write into me about is that they don't know how to ask their partners uh, what they want without fearing that they're going to hurt their ego or have them shut down. So what I always say is that having the courage to ask for what you want in the bedroom, it doesn't start in the bedroom. <laughs> so you really need to build up your courage muscle by learning how to ask for what you want in the the less vulnerable areas of your life. So, you know, on the day-to-day -day things, like learning how to ask for your partner to watch the kids while you go take a 20-minute walk or bath, or learning how to ask him to wash the dishes when you're, you've done it three nights in, the row, in a row and you're just tired of it. So learning how to ask for the small things first is the first step to building the courage to ask for what you want in the more vulnerable areas of your life, like in bed. So if, uh, you know, a lot of women would prefer their partners to slow down and to connect with them more deeply and intimately. Uh, but women have a, a really hard time asking for this because somehow they think that it's going to hurt the, the partner's ego. So building the courage to ask for what you want starts on the small things and it, you can build it up to 
have that courage to ask for the big things, the more vulnerable things, because it's not actually true. And even if it does hurt their ego, you know what? It's so important for you to ask for what you want because you're never going to get it if you don't. So give it a try. All right. So the eighth way to rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood is to understand that you're worth investing in and taking care of. You are your best asset. Your kids need you radiant, whole, alive, and vibrant. So do what you have to do to give them a mama who is. When your kids turn 30, I don't think they're going to look back and say, oh man, I wish my mom just was more sexually shut down or I wish my mom just, you know, never took care of herself. No, they are not going to ever say that. Okay, your kids want you to be the healthiest, happiest you possible. Okay, and this is especially important if you're raising young girls because do you really want them to look back on you and be like, yeah, my mom never took care of herself. My mom was like all over the place. She was constantly in overwhelm and anxiety all the time. And she just didn't know how to handle life. No, of course you don't want your kids to say that about you. So take care of you. You are your own best asset. So you're worth investing in. You're worth being taken care of. Do that, okay? Do that for you. And if not for you, do it for your kids. Okay, so the ninth thing to, the ninth way to rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood is to do the basics to survive and then do what scares you to thrive. So practice self-care. Self-care is a basic survival thing, okay? Self-care is uh, taking 10 minutes to relax every day um, when you've had a really hectic one. Self-care is getting your hair done. Self-care is maybe doing a daily meditation practice. Self-care is going to the exercise or yoga class. Self-care is any, everyone has a different definition of what self-care is. So whatever you consider self-care to be, please do it. And then take one step further and do the thing that scares you. So there's always going to be that thing that scares you. And that thing is going to be the thing that helps you to thrive. So we don't want mamas who are just surviving, okay? We want mamas who are thriving in life. And doing the things that scare you are the things that are going to get you ultimately to thriving. So it's super important that you do that one thing because it's probably the thing that's holding you back from having it all. Or it's probably that one thing that's holding you back from getting the goal that you really, really desire. So take it a step further. Sign up for that online group coaching program or that online class or hiring that coach to work through that issue because ultimately you have to do, you have to have enough courage uh, to work on those things that you're scared of because those things you're scared of are the things that are going to keep you from thriving. So let's see, the 10th way that we can rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood is to learn the difference between your authentic yes and your authentic no. So you can't have one without the other. You can't know your authentic yes without your authentic no. I've learned that they're really, um, they're really understood simultaneously. So when you find a yes, you'll find a no. Or when you find your no, you're going to find your yes. So learn to create boundaries for yourself in your time. So when you create great boundaries for who you are and what you want around your time. And the boundaries are really the thing that help you dial in what's a real yes and what's a real no. 
So one way that you can tell if it's a yes or a no is if the yes is within your boundaries, what is your body's reaction to it? Is it a contraction or is it an expansion? So really tapping into sensation, intuition, and an instinct will help you to uh, recognize an authentic yes or an authentic no. But you really have to have the boundaries in place first because without the boundaries, you know, going into a yes or a no might be a little murky territory. So creating good boundaries for yourself and starting to feel into, is this within my boundaries? If yes, then okay, maybe this is something we can be authentically a yes for. And then uh, tapping into your own body's wisdom is the next step. So the 11th way to rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood is to understand that sexual energy is the energy of life. If it's not moving through you, your creative and energetic flow will have you feeling cut off or feel like you're missing out on something or that you're just not a creative person, you lack inspiration, you lack desire. If you lack any of those things, it's probably because your sexuality and your sexual energy are not flowing. There's something stuck and stagnant inside. And, you know, if you're feeling like life just has just lost that beautiful, um, sweet quality to it, you know, like when you fall in love with someone or, you know, when something really amazing happens or when you have great sex, uh, you know, it's like colors are more vibrant, like everything is more alive. Okay. So that is a flow state of your sexual energy. So if you're not feeling those things, it's probably be because your sexual energy is being blocked in some way or another. So you deserve an alive and a vibrant sexuality that sparks your creative juices and inspires you. So really, really understanding that your sexual energy is everything. Like if you don't have it, living a life without your sexual energy is just like going through the motions. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. And you know what? You only get one. You only get one chance to do this whole thing right. So uh, really understanding that your sexual energy is super important. And then it actually creates more energy. So the more sexual energy you have, often the more energy you have for the other areas in your life as well. Okay, so the 12th and final way to rewrite the narrative on sex and motherhood is to realize that all emotions are inherently good, even the bad ones. So quit censoring and apologizing for your emotions. All emotions can be used as fuel for life. So simply allowing them to move through you and to pass through you and to let them alchemize is actually a gift. It's a gift and it's a source of energy. So when we decide that the way that we feel isn't okay or that it's not safe to feel this way, all what we're essentially doing is cutting ourselves off from the flow of energy, cutting ourselves off from letting that emotion move through us. We're cutting ourselves off from a source of energy because there is consciousness in that emotion. There is consciousness in everything, in every single emotion. So it's really important to not accept and allow those emotions too. So um, a lot of moms, you know, maybe you were mom and, or maybe you were a little girl and you dreamed of being a mom one day. 
and your dreams and thoughts about being a mom were like of all this amazingness, you know, being able to take care of your sweet baby. And they were all butterflies and rainbows and unicorns, right? And then maybe when you became a mom, you felt everything but that. Maybe you held um, a little resentment towards the whole idea because it wasn't anything like you thought it would be uh, that experiencing motherhood was the complete opposite of what you thought it would be. So instead of, for example, squashing that upsetness, like maybe it's, maybe it comes to you as feeling sad. Maybe it comes to you as like disappointment. Uh, so many women get into that space of becoming moms and they, they experience this. It's super common. So don't keep that to yourself. Don't try and squash that down. Like that's not going to help. So finding, using that sisterhood that I talked about in the beginning of this talk um, and expressing that, expressing that and expressing what you desire instead, just allowing the disappointment or allowing whatever emotion you feel uh, towards whatever situation that comes up is so, so key because when you allow it to move you through you, it will pass. It will pass. It will not stay. But if you let it marinate and you stuff it down and you act like it's not there, it's just going to come up in its ugly head at the most inopportune times. So don't let that happen. <laughs> so realize that all emotions are inherently good, even the bad ones, and find a safe space to express them in that sisterhood and, um, you know, a group of like-minded women that you trust and can hold space for you. So thank you so much for listening in today, mamas. This is a uh, the, all of the 12 ways that I talked about today are things that I've been thinking about for a long, long time and just how important they are and helping us to rewrite what it means to be sexual women fully thriving in our sexuality and be amazing, awesome moms too. And I really don't think that we can have that unless we, uh, we really embrace these 12 ways that I just talked about today. So thanks for listening in, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can always email me at lacy at lacybroussard.com to let me know what you think about this podcast and everything we talked about today. All right, mamas, take care. Bye.